Welcome to Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. My name is Andrew Murata, host of the program, and it is show 141. Happy to be with you. Happy to be here live on Facebook with family and friends. Happy and proud to be a member of the Education Podcast Network. Mr. Chris Nisi uh, and all the work he's doing. Check out all the great podcasts. If you like this one, great. Keep listening. Uh, but check out all the great podcasts happening uh, at Education Podcast Network. Also, Stephen Hurley and my friends at Voicehead Radio Canada. Shout out to them and certainly go into iTunes. So many great listens on iTunes. My number one fan just said hello, Dory Murata. Hello, Mom. Thanks for listening. You're going to like this young man on the program today. We're interviewing Michael Frado, soon to be Dr. Michael Frado, maybe one of the youngest doctors uh, out there. Uh, but I met Michael years ago uh, at my LIU leadership class and uh, uh, just really stood out as a young, uh, bright educator doing great things and uh, got his administrative degree. And uh, we're going to talk about my uh, talk to Michael about his leadership journey. So if you are watching live, certainly um, tune in, uh, ask some questions, participate. We'd love to have you uh, as part of the show. Uh, Michael's friend, Katie Sinise is watching live here. She was a member of that great class uh, and a number of other friends from LIU. So good to see y'all. All right, show number 141, it's Tuesday. Uh, happy to be on with you. Uh, I wanna thank today's sponsor of the show, Frank Soma and the Frank Soma Leadership Group. Frank is out of New Jersey and um, really the first time that I've done a mastermind group, right? I'm growing in my leadership journey. I'm going to talk to Michael about that. Uh, but I had an opportunity to join a mastermind group with Frank Soma. And really just after one session, I was able to dial some things back in, some things that I wanted to tighten up on and improve upon. And uh, if you've never done it, right, you kind of hear these things, what's a mastermind group? I would highly recommend it. And I highly recommend uh, Frank Soma and his leadership group. Uh, you see in the, in, the, in the thing scrolling here on the bottom, it's franksoma.com. So I just wanted to share one thing that I took away from that session uh, as part of our opening segment. Hi, Gina Marie. Good to see you. Um, Frank talked about airtight containers right? Think about a ship, right? And, and you know, if something were to go wrong with the ship, they have parts of the ship they could, they could seal off, right? No one's getting in, no water's getting in, uh, anything like that. And it helps keep the ship afloat. Well, he said, you need to do that with your time on important things, right? There are things that you could be loose about, uh, things, right? You're flexible about, but he said, if you have a goal and you try to get something done, for example, I'm going to talk to Michael about his doctorate, right? And he's got to write that paper and he knows he's going to work on it from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. or 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. Nothing else during that time. You've got to lock that time in. Uh, I'm a father. I'm an author. I'm a podcaster. I'm a blogger. I'm a principal. I'm doing all these things, right? People say, Andrew, how do you do it? How do you, how do you fit it all in? You block the times out, airtight, right? Michael and I had this time uh, blocked out, and I know from 5 to 5.40, we're getting this done. I'm going to be dialed in, and, and nothing's interrupting, although Ruby came up here a couple of weeks ago and joined the program. Ruby's always welcome. She'll get through the airtight container. Um, 
So that was just one takeaway that I had uh, from the mastermind group, talking to other leaders, talking to other business people about how they manage their time. And that was just one takeaway. So I share that tidbit with you today. If you're trying to get something done, if you're feeling like your work is frazzled, right? As teachers, right? You're doing these lesson plans virtually and how do I do it? Well, set that time and accomplish what you need to accomplish in that time. So uh, very important. And, and uh, again, you're interested, you don't know where to start with a mastermind group, check out franksoma.com. Uh, he was great. And uh, tell him Andrew sent you, right? It sounds like an old car commercial. Tell him Andrew sent you. All right, let's bring Michael in here. Uh, we got to get him unmuted. Can't keep this guy mute. He might talk as much as I do. Michael, let me get you queued up in here. A little technical difficulty. No, I don't want that. We got to get you in here. That worked, not that. Michael, you're coming. Hang tight. All your friends from LIU want to see you. And now it's not working. Hmm, this never happened before, Mike. Look, see, I do that. I bring that up. And now let's try this. Technical difficulties on live uh, podcasts. Michael, do me a favor. You hang up, unclick, and then click back, okay? If you're watching live, I apologize. This is uh, one of the great things of uh, live TV. But Michael will be back in a minute. Uh, and again, if you're watching live, please leave us a comment or a question to my former students that are out there. Certainly jump in with an LIU concept. Um, and we'll get Michael in here in a moment. Nothing like being live on, on uh, uh, the podcast. Yeah, yeah, you're used to it, Mr. Desco. I hear you. You're used to my goofs here. Let's get Michael now. Let's try that. You came on before, Michael, no problem, right? It's only until we go live. Let's folks. How do I move this? Wow. Michael, this is rough. Your first time on a podcast, and I can't even see it. Katie and uh, um, Corey, can you hear Michael? Let me know. If you can. Yeah. Why, why are you not coming up here? Yeah, no, you're you're good. This is on my end, Michael. Remember when I brought you into the screen before? I'm able to see you. I'm able to hear you, Michael. What's happening? Well, this isn't good. Michael, I'm going to click out, folks. You stay on. I'm going to click out and then uh, 
I hope I don't lose the live stream now. I don't want to do that. Man. You try one more time, Michael. You try one more time. In the technological world we're living. Hmm. Corey, what would you do if you were teaching now? What? How would you navigate through this? Let's try. Come on. Come on, Michael. Get rid of that. I guess this is why people don't like to do live. See, look, my, my music's coming on. I could get that on, right? We get the music on again. We get that out of here, but why can't I get you on? Yeah, we are waiting to present you, Michael. We are. Michael, let's do this. Let's start, and I'm going to keep fooling with it. Uh, even though they can't see you, they can hear you, uh, and, and we'll get you on here, and then they can see your, your handsome face. But this is Michael Frado. Michael is an uh, English teacher in the East Ramapo, New York School District. Um, we're going to welcome Michael to the program, and we're going to get through this uh, uh, problem. Michael, welcome to the program. Yeah, and uh, it, it wasn't long uh, in class, Michael, that you stood out. You stood out because of your your academic strengths, your, your personality, your forcefulness, and then certainly learning how young you were. You, you were in your third year of teaching at the time. You're in your fourth now. Um, so, so what drew you to leadership, Michael, so, so early in your, in your career? They can, they can hear you. They can't see you. Oh, here we go. There we go. There you go. Hey, perfect. Hi, Hi everyone. So I'm in my fourth year of teaching, and I know that I want to be a leader when I grow up, I guess you could say. Um, I know that as a teacher, you deal and lift up students, whether it be 25 if you're an elementary teacher or I have about 125 students this year. I think that being a leader, you can help lift up larger amounts of students and really impact communities much more. And I think that that's where I see myself in the next five to 10 years, really, really being an impact in a community much larger than just one particular set of students. Yeah. And Michael, tell me about your planning, right? Did you hear my opening concept? You know, does that resonate for you? Is that something that comes easy to you? blocking out that time to take care of those important things? Big time. So as a doctoral candidate, I really need to focus my time on the weekends a lot nowadays between planning for the school week, between doing my readings for our weekly homework assignments, our writing assignments. It all takes a lot of time. Uh, I actually am, you know, I chunk my time. I write lists a lot. 
that was something that I learned um, from my father and my brother. They're big list makers. All over my house, you could see lists when I was growing up. And my brother would check them off bit by bit by bit. He would have his little notepads uh, with all his little you know, lists, whether it be video games that he wanted or things that he wanted to accomplish. Listing allows me to say, okay, I have these three items that I need to take care of today and I can actually check them off at that time. And that really allows me to focus my mind. But I think the concept that you were talking about where we're having these airtight containers where we have to really say, this is what I'm dedicating my time to from 10 to 11, every other distraction you block out, Mm -hmm. it prepares you mentally to attack a situation. And I think that that resonates really, um, as a leader, as an educator, we, we need to teach our kids how to do that. I think that that resonates for all leaders and educators. Yeah, good point, right? And I'm sitting here, I got my phone, I got a charge in here. And how many kids are sitting virtually learning with that phone here right now, and creating that distraction? So uh, I know it's been hard, but I found that very helpful. How about you, Michael? We don't want to, I don't want to, talk more about online learning because educators are sick of talking about online learning, but how is it going for you? So right now I am fully remote until November. My students are in eighth grade this year and my district is um, scaffolding the students coming in by grades. And so they're still all remote until November. And one thing that I think is really going well is the um, incorporation of technology in their daily lives. My students are very much ready for this task of online learning. They're very tech savvy. I have students making recommendations to me about certain platforms to use uh, to help engage in their day to day. And so I think that's one positive of this is that they're technologically savvy, right? These kids know how to utilize a computer or utilize Google. Whereas when I grew up, I didn't, I had to be taught. I took a computer class in eighth grade, right? It was something that I had to learn. These kids already are in, involved in technology. Yeah. One struggle I find that my students are having is having discussions and collaborating with one another because it's on Google Meets most of the time, you can't have as many discussions, right? Peer-to-peer -peer discussions or teacher-to-groups-of-student discussions, right? So in my class, we do a lot of think-pair-shares, right? A lot of collaborating in group circles. I can't really do that on a Google Meet yet, right? Not yet, but um, one, one platform that I am using that has really alleviated that stress of mine is Padlet. And I don't know if you have heard about it. You're shaking your head. Yes. So you might have where I allow them to have conversations almost like they're instant messaging each other on that Padlet where I post questions. I post five or six questions and then they're attacking those together. Right. So they're, they're communicating, but not in the way that they're used to. So it's definitely new, but yeah. We're getting through it little by little, day by day. That's for sure. Yeah. And they're growing up, like you said, with this technology, right? They're technology natives where it was kind of new to us. We had to learn it. Um, but we're all learning this together. 
Um, and I like how you use the word attacking, Michael. That goes to your passion uh, and the way you kind of attack things in class, right? And you, you, you the guests, right? You engage with the guests. Um, but that's interesting. Uh, and, and I'm proud to hear you say the word uh, attacking, talking about, again, technology, talking about the kids. Um, let's go back to you and, and your leadership. So you just got your uh, administrative degree already, right? You were in your third year of teaching, now fourth, and you right right away just just kept going right to the doctorate, right? You're going to be a doctor bef before the age thirty or close somewhere there, Mike. So my goal is around age thirty. Um, the way that my program is laid out, it looks like I might be able to attain that. Uh, I might be 31, depending on my dissertation, um, but 30 is the goal. 30 was my goal from the get-go since I uh, was in your program, the leadership program. I, I had my sights on that task, knowing that I have the opportunity right now to do so. And, and why, why, Michael? Why so young? Like a lot of kids in their 20s are going to the beach and, uh, you know, being 20 years old and you're, and you're getting your doctorate. Like, where, where is that drive coming from? So I, that drive started when I went to Mount St. Mary's in my undergraduate degree. I was an English major focusing in English education. So I got my educational certification in that program. But I immediately went into a master's in American literature at Binghamton. And so I always had my sights on getting a doctorate. I didn't know whether the English Avenue or the educational Avenue was what something I wanted to take. I always knew I wanted to go and get a doctorate. That was my goal. That's always been one of my goals since I was at um, Mount St. Mary's. The reason why I am doing it now is because I have that opportunity. I don't have children yet. Um, I am teaching that that's my job. I don't have a lot of extra things that are getting in my way in my personal life, let's say, to do something like this. Because I, I see a lot of my peers that are in the doctorate program thus far, they have children, they're married, they're building a house, they're buying a house, or you know whatever life is throwing at them at this particular time. I don't really have a lot of that other going on in my life, right? These are my main focuses. And so I think what really drew me to the educational doctorate was being able to impact people, right? Being able to lift them up and impact education. I see a lot of things that I might not agree with wholeheartedly in education and that being in a doctorate program and being able to research and do my, my own research um, allows me to tackle some of those obstacles or issues that I see in education today. That's great, Michael. And you're really preparing yourself to, to make an impact, right? You're using words, tackle and attack and impact. Like these are, these are power words and, uh, you know, it's very inspiring, right? Thank uh, you very much. And uh, that was smart for you to, to go ahead and do that. Um, but you're on your way to making that impact. And, uh, you know, when you get that first admin job, you know, whether it's in East Ramapo or, or somewhere else, uh, you're going to be, you're a young guy, but, you know, you have a lot behind you. So kudos to you. Uh, and again, it didn't take long for, for people to see that. What did I call you in class? The commish. 
the commissioner, right? Because I saw you becoming the commissioner of education one day. Uh, but again, that, say it again. I said you never know. The opportunities are endless with mm -hmm. with a doctorate, and I think wherever my avenues take me, um, I'll be prepared to take on that position because I've prepared myself and dedicated a lot of time to studying. Yeah. Well, and you can see it. Um, you're very well spoken. And I wish you the best there. If you are watching live, I'm not sure what happened with my chat here. I'm like locked, Michael. I, I screwed something up here. So uh, I know many of your peeps are, are tuning in, which is cool. Hey, guys. Michael, uh, another thing I want to ask you about. My dad had diabetes. Uh, we always had some treats in class. And yeah. Kim was always bringing those nice snacks. Uh, the, the, the popcorn. She brought the light popcorn. Yep, smart popcorn. But you have really not only turned your focus to building your educational leadership journey, but also towards your health. Um, tell me about your, your struggles with diabetes and, and where you're at now in that journey. So at the age of six, I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. I also have Crohn's disease, which is an irritable, irritable bowel disease um, that impacts my intestinal tract. So I think really as a teenager, I struggled dealing with diabetes. I struggled with the appropriate avenues and how to take care of myself. I wasn't a very communicative individual. I, I kind of kept things inside. I thought I knew my body. You know, you hear people say that, oh, I know my body. I know what's good for me, what's not good for me. And a lot of that is misconception, I think, for a lot of people. If you're not taking care of yourself or you're not tracking yourself and keeping a, what I do, I keep a journal and I track my, my diabetes, my sugars, and what I eat on my phone. If you're not keeping track of those things, you really don't know what's going on with yourself. So in my 20s, I found that I was getting sick with my Crohn's disease a lot, maybe two or three times a year. And so I don't know how much you know about Crohn's disease, Andrew, but it is absolutely debilitating. I get When I get sick, it's not just, oh, I have a sniffle, I have a cough. It's I'm on the couch for a week or two weeks or an extended period of time. I lose a lot of weight. Um, and I'm skinny as is, you know, it's not just me being active. It's because of my Crohn's. And so I found that really you have to take care of yourself as an individual and you've preached that in your class. And that's something that really resonated with me in your class that taking care of yourself mentally and physically really impacts your day-to-day -day job as a leader, right? If you are not mentally and physically sound, your whole day is going to be a wreck. So I think um, one thing that I do very, very well is organize myself on a daily regimen, uh, whether it be exercise, whether it be what I'm eating, I, I stay the course and I know that I'm always in need of improvement. I know I can always get better, right? So it's not a matter of, oh, my sugar went up last night or my sugar went down. It's okay. This is where I'm at. This is what I need to do better. Right. Having that growth mindset is something that is consistent in my life. It's not just this portion. It's not just, oh, the diabetic Michael or the, the educator Michael. It's it's cross barriers there. Yeah. Well, and you can even hear it in the language. You've said the word yet for a, a bunch of times. And that, that growth mindset is evident. Um, 
Michael, what were some other takeaways from the class? What were some things that you really, uh, you know, enjoyed and that helped you? So one, you introduced me to a huge network on Twitter. I was not somebody who participated really in social media or even thinking about that social media had an educator sector at all. So one, you introduced me to a boatload of information that I, I look at online pretty much daily and it's, it brings me joy to see that network continuously grow and the information that is posed on that platform, the support that's there, right? We, we had some excellent speakers in your class, whether it be um, Jay Billy, who else did we have there? We, we had a bunch of, was it Bill Huff that came on? Um, we, had, we had a few there. Beth, that yeah, just, Beth Huff, yeah. Right? So just the introduction of that, that's one section that really stood out to me. The other two are passion and preparation. You really spoke on being passionate about what you do day in and day out and how that resonates with your staff and students. If your um, faculty and staff and students see you being passionate, they're going to want to get behind what you're giving out, what you're shelling out to them, right? What you're preaching. If they see you being passionate and prepared daily, I think that that's where you begin to lay the foundation as a successful leader. And that's really, and it's not necessarily specific materials that you posed in class or that we had read. It's these ideals, you know, these morals that you generated and preached in class that really stick with me as an individual. And I think that that could be said for my other colleagues during that class. Um, I I'm loved the TED Talk that we did. TED Talks, are, I'm a huge fan of TED Talks. I love going on and seeing people bring ideas to the table and because you get so many different perspectives. You get so many different ideas brought to a table there. And so I think one thing that you did really well as a leader in our class was bringing us together to share ideas and the willingness to share ideas really something that sticks with me because especially in today's environment or, or um, we're, we're so worried about what everybody else is thinking that we're not willing to share with others. Right. And I think that that's something that I do very well. And I will take away from your class because it's, it broke down barriers for me. It made me comfortable. It made me feel like I can take risks. And that's, that, that's what I was going to remember. You made us feel like we could take risks. And as an educator and as a leader, that's something that you want to cultivate in your staff and in your students, right? Being able to take risks and saying, hey, maybe, you know what? I struck out this time, but I tried, right? That willingness to take a risk is something that allows us to learn. So I, in a nutshell, you really cultivated learning for us. And I, I appreciate that. Awesome. And I was happy to have you on the class. I'm happy to have you on the podcast because you, you took those things, right? You embraced them and you had so many of these characteristics already of passion and, and uh, energy and all of those things. And, you know, you're going to make a great school leader. So I'm happy that you were part of the class and uh, 
you know, I look forward to you taking that next step. Um, but along the journey, right, whether it was that class, your teaching, you've also had some really impactful mentors in your life. Michael, you've talked a little bit about, uh, you know, your father a little bit, but why don't you share a, a little bit about the mentors and some of the things that you've added to your toolbox that you've taken from them? So I will say my dad is the biggest mentor of my life and I can boil it down into one repetitive word, preparation, preparation, preparation. My dad has been saying that I'm 28. I turned 28 this year. Um, my dad has been saying that to me since I was born, right? That's something that has stuck with me day in and day out. And it's something that I bring to the table every single day. Um, preparing, being prepared and going about your daily life in preparation is something that I will always do because I think that as a leader, you have to be. If you're not, you're not taken seriously. Um, the other thing that really sticks out to me uh, for my father is his ability to communicate with people. My dad can talk to anybody. And I think that I'm, I do that as well. I, I could talk to the phone book, you know, and <laughs> they'll talk back, right? <laughs> Getting people to talk to you and to have open lines of communication are crucial to success whether you're a, you know, a food vendor, you're a baseball manager, you're an educator, a state senator, you have to communicate with people. And to be able to empathize with people and maybe take a step back, learning how to take a step back and joke with them, right? My dad is a huge cook. My dad will cook his socks off. He cooks weekly every Sunday, right? And he cooks all day. It, it's really an Italian household where I live in, right? He, he's cooking from 9 a.m. till 5 p.m. And so he talks to his workers about the foods he cooks, right? He, his work friends, that what, what'd you eat for lunch? What, what'd you eat for breakfast? How'd you do this? How'd you do that? It builds a relationship. And I think building relationships is crucial to what we do, Andrew. And I think you can, you can attest to that too. Another person who I see as a leader, um, I don't necessarily speak to her quite frequently, was one of my professors at Binghamton. Her name is Leslie Haywood, and she's a creative nonfiction um, teacher. She also is a neuroscientist. And so wow. I went to Binghamton. Um, my brother Daniel uh, passed away about a year to two years prior to that. And so I was, I wouldn't say in the best mind frame um, going into that degree. And so what she showed me as a leader was the ability to empathize with people, to allow them to get through things, right? She helped me be able to express myself in ways that I really wasn't comfortable in doing. I talked about journaling, right? My dad even, he, he's always been an advocate of journaling as well as Leslie. And it really was the light bulb, right? And how to cope with things, right? How to deal with stress, how to deal with adversity, right? And journaling is something that I consistently do. Uh, I, I take different avenues now. I've been, um, I recently ran a 50K over by you, Andrew. Uh, yeah, two weeks ago or the 12th. September 12th, I ran a uh, 50K. 
Mike, hold on. Most people run five yeah. Ks. You, yeah. you take five zero? Five zero, 31.5. Yeah, that's like more than a marathon, kind of? It's, yeah, almost six miles more, I would say. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah, so it was one of my goals. I, I have, you know, I goal set. I, I try to set certain goals, and I journal about those goals. And so one of the things I was journaling about in the last couple of months during the pandemic was in preparation for that ultra marathon. And so journaling allows me to reflect whether it be upon my diabetes, whether it be about my work, whether it be about my personal life. It really is something that helps me get from A to B. And I would really say that my father and Leslie really helped me along the way for, you know, for me to get to where I need to be right now. Well, if they're listening or watching this, they got to be proud of you because you, you, uh, that's incredible. I mean, the 50K, the work you're doing. And again, you said you're 28, but you have the wisdom of a, a 58 year old uh, as such a young man. So uh, kudos to your dad. You know, all those weeks in class, Michael, I, I never got any leftovers. You know, a true Italian would have brought some other leftovers. Yeah. <laughs> that's I because I that. eat all them. I might be skinny, but I eat a lot. Let me tell you. <laughs> Michael, before we get to rapid fire, was there anything else you wanted to share? Was there something I, I didn't ask you that, that you think is important that we share tonight? It's not something that you asked, but I think it's, it's always nice to say, um, be empathetic toward one another. Hmm. Be understanding of other people, even if you don't look like them or experience what they're going through. We live in a, a constant, tense time in 2020. And I think if we just break bread with people, whether it be someone who doesn't look like us or have the same political preference as us, we're all human beings. We all breathe the same air. We're all on the same planet, right? We all got five fingers, hopefully. We all got 10 fingers, hopefully, 10 toes, um, right? And so we have to break down barriers to get progress in our in our society in our in our world right and we have to be able to communicate with one another right and putting putting yourself in somebody else's shoes right you might not like the smell of the feet but you begin to understand a little bit better so be empathetic toward one another i think that's my message for sure well said well said and uh, uh, i love to hear that Let's get to rapid fire, Michael. You've done a, a, an amazing job here tonight. Your LIU people are proud of you. I'm proud of you. And uh, thank you. Uh, let, let's get to it. I know you're doing your doctorate, but uh, how about the last book you read? Okay, so the ra- the last educational book I read was "The Death and Life of the Great American School System: How Testing and Choice Are Undermining Education." It's a Diane Ravitch book. Wow. Anybody in education, you need to read it. It's um, it's probably like 500 pages, but it's really, really worth the read to see how testing standards and the um, addition of charter schools are really, really doing a number on our public school systems. Awesome. Last movie you saw? Ah, uh, I, I watched, well, I watched Mulan, the, uh, the real version, but I just watched Irresistible with Steve Carell. It's a political satire that was directed by John Stewart. It is absolutely hilarious. If anybody is 
yeah. somewhat political or just enjoy Steve Carell as much as I do, go and rent it. It's worth the $10. It's really absolutely phenomenal. Favorite place to travel? I would say so. I'm a big uh, walker and runner. Uh, I personally find solace in um, the Mohonk Preserve anywhere on the Schwangunk Ridge Trail uh, up and down Route 209 uh, in New York. But I also, my favorite place that, that I've gone recently in the last five years is Alaska. It's absolutely stunning. You could get out there, go and see the glaciers before they melt. Wow. Awesome. Uh, the biggest challenge you for you so far in your young teaching journey? I never thought I was going to be a middle school teacher. So my lingo and jargon needed to be um, middle schoolized a little bit. So that's one thing that I'm consistently working on. How do I talk to students? There's your book. I'm going to ask you about your book, Middle Schoolized. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, you talked about a lot of things that motivate you, running, your health. Uh, you know, what's what's another? What's something else that motivates you? My brother. My brother for um, 20 years struggled with a severe um, immune deficiency disorder, and my brother smiled every single day. He went to Mount um, Sloan Kettering once a week with my mom. My mom drove him down to get um, medicine once a week, and my brother was the most positive human being I've ever met. And I know he's been gone for almost 10 years now, give or take, and I'm still learning from him. I'm still learning. God bless, Michael. God bless. Um, how about something that gets under your skin? Uh, something that gets under my skin? Say it again? A pet peeve of yours. People using other people's writing utensils. I, I'm... I want mine and like, mine like only. Their, like their pen? Like not, not you're stealing my words, but you're stealing my pen? Yeah, like you're stealing my pen. No one's going to use mine. <laughs> Do you have a favorite pen? Can I see it? Uh, um, so I use the uh, Pilot G2. Pilot G2. <laughs> yeah. um, blue? You're, I, you're a blue ink guy? Say it again. You're a blue ink guy? Blue, blue ink. Yep. Okay. I made the transition uh, in Binghamton. I used to be black black ink, but now I'm, I've been blue ink for about six or seven years now. Yeah, consistently. So if someone were to just grab your pen and start using it? That's, that's theirs now. It's not mine. I don't want it. <laughs> this is like a Seinfeld episode here. <laughs> but that leads me to, you know, you're going to ask me, I think, something later on. Okay. Uh, I, uh, you know, I, this is show number 141. I've heard a few strange pet peeves, but that's that's interesting. Um, I know I'm connected with my students when? I hear them talking about the content without me asking. Oh, great answer. That is a great answer. I hear them talking about the content without me asking. Yep. Awesome. Biggest classroom flop. I, I don't really know. I think um, as an educator, I, I really wouldn't say that I've ever had a flop. I mean, I've done things that I've needed to do better at as a classroom manager or facilitator, um, but nothing that really stands out to me. I think that every day we're able to work at our craft and to learn. 
right? So I wouldn't say necessarily a flop, but get better at what you're doing each and every day. There's that growth mindset. I love it. I believe we all have a book in us. After your book, Middle Schoolerized, uh, what is the title of your book? Preparation, preparation, preparation. Mm, tribute to your dad. Beautiful. Best purchase under $100 that has oh. had a great impact on your life. Come here, Ruby. Here's, here's, here's my interrupter here. Come here. Come here. You can come up. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. All right. We got oh, him. Here's Ruby. Oh, hey, Ruby. What's up? Yeah. All right. Best purchase under 100. Headphones. Wireless headphones. Like it's hard to find. Or, or, or headphones. Earbuds. Okay. Something about Michael Frado that people don't know about. At one point in my life, I wanted to be an electrician. Really? What made you change? Yeah. Um, I realized I wasn't too good with my hands. <laughs> You're doing pretty good with your hands uh, with your writing. Um, yeah. The best COVID advice you would give to people. Oh, Ruby. Keep that mask on, social distance, and if you're not feeling well, please stay home. Amen, brother. Amen. Michael, you said a lot of great things. I, I wrote a lot of these down be, about being empathetic and, and your preparation and uh, taking care of yourself as a leader. But do you have a favorite quote you want to end this with here? Yeah. So uh, which way should I move? This way. It's up to you, man. You see Derek Jeter right here? I see the captain. Yeah, the Yankees are playing tonight. Yankees are playing at seven. We got Cole on the mound. Um, I got a Derek Jeter quote for you. It says, okay. there may be people who have more talent than you, but there's no excuse for anyone to work harder than you do. And I firmly believe in that. And we're going to end on that note, uh, Michael. You did a great job today. Michael, if people want to reach out to you to talk to you, whether about diabetes or getting your doctorate or just a young educator. We had some young educators watching today. How, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Uh, either email or Twitter. I can put in the chat if you'd like. I, could, I don't know if I can write in the chat. Um, Af but afterwards, you can, yeah. Okay, so either via email or Twitter is, is either way is more than acceptable. Okay. And so thank you for ha having me, Andrew. I really appreciate it. It's great to talk yeah. to you. As always. And I can't put this music on now because whatever I was doing wrong before is, is so, but at least you're in. Uh, this is show number 141. I am Andrew Murata, host of the program. Uh, uh, reach out to me at Andrew Murata 21. Uh, and again, I want to thank uh, today's sponsor, uh, the Soma Leadership Group, uh, for their mastermind group. Michael was masterful today, and maybe he'll be leading a mastermind group one day, but it was my first experience. I highly recommend them. So, Michael, we're going to sign off. Normally, we play our music, but due to technical difficulties, we'll end now. Uh, thank you so much. Thanks to our family and friends watching. Uh, and again, Thank you uh, to be on the Education Podcast Network as well as Voice Ed Radio Canada, everyone. Have a good night. Michael, Bye. stay on the line. Stay on the line.